0: STORY 136 OF HOUSEHOLD TALES This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James Wahlberg. HOUSEHOLD TALES by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. Translated by Margaret Hunt. Iron John there was once on a time a king who had a great forest near his palace full of all kinds of wild animals one day he sent out a huntsman to shoot him a roe, but he did not come back perhaps some accident has befallen him said the king and the next day he sent out two more huntsmen who were to search for him but they too stayed away then on the third day he sent for all his huntsmen and said scour the whole forest through "'and do not give up until ye have found all three. "'But of these also none came home again, "'and of the pack of hounds which they had taken with them "'none were seen more. "'From that time forth no one would any longer "'venture into the forest, "'and it lay there in deep stillness and solitude, "'and nothing was seen of it, "'but sometimes an eagle or a hawk flying over it. "'This lasted for many years.' when a strange huntsman announced himself to the king as seeking a situation, and offered to go to the dangerous woods. The king, however, would not give his consent, and said, It is not safe in there. I fear it would fare with thee no better than with the others, and thou wouldst never come out again. The huntsman replied, Lord, I will venture it at my own risk, of fear I know nothing. The huntsman therefore betook himself with his dog to the forest. It was not long before the dog fell in with some game on the way, and wanted to pursue it, but hardly had the dog run two steps when it stood before a deep pool and could go no farther, and a naked arm stretched itself out of the water, seized it, and drew it under. When the huntsman saw that, he went back and fetched three men to come with buckets and bail out the water. WHEN THEY COULD SEE THE BOTTOM, THERE LAY A WILD MAN, WHOSE BODY WAS BROWN LIKE RUSTY IRON, AND WHOSE HAIR HUNG OVER HIS FACE DOWN TO HIS KNEES. THEY BOUND HIM WITH CORDS, AND LED HIM AWAY TO THE CASTLE. THERE WAS GREAT ASTONISHMENT OVER THE WILD MAN. THE KING, HOWEVER, HAD HIM PUT IN AN IRON CAGE IN HIS courtyard, AND forbade THE DOOR TO BE OPENED ON PAIN OF DEATH, AND THE QUEEN HERSELF WAS TO TAKE THE KEY INTO HER KEEPING. And from this time forth, everyone could go into the forest again with safety. The king had a son of eight years, who was once playing in the courtyard, and while he was playing, his golden ball fell into the cage. The boy ran thither and said, Give me back my ball. Not till thou hast opened the door for me, answered the man. No, said the boy, I will not do that. The king has forbidden it, and ran away. The next day again he went and asked for his ball the wild man said open my door but the boy would not on the third day the king had ridden out hunting and the boy went once more and said i cannot open the door even if i wished for i have not the key then the wild man said it lies under thy mother's pillow thou canst get it there the boy who wanted to have his ball back cast all thought to the winds, and brought the key. The door opened with difficulty, and the boy pinched his fingers. When it was open, the wild man stepped out, gave him the golden ball, and hurried away. The boy had become afraid. He called and cried after him, O wild man, do not go away, or I shall be beaten. The wild man turned back, took him up, "'set him on his shoulder, and went with hasty steps into the forest. "'When the king came home, he observed that the cage was empty "'and asked the queen how that had happened. "'She knew nothing about it and sought the key, but it was gone. "'She called the boy, but no one answered. "'The king sent out people to seek for him in the fields, "'but they did not find him. "'Then he could easily guess what had happened, "'and much grief reigned in the royal court.' when the wild man had once more reached the dark forest he took the boy down from his shoulder and said to him thou wilt never see thy father and mother again but i will keep thee with me for thou hast set me free and i have compassion on thee if thou dost all i bid thee thou shalt fare well of treasure and gold i have enough and more than any one in the world he made a bed of moss for the boy on which he slept and the next morning the man took him to a well and said behold the gold well is as bright and clear as crystal thou shalt sit beside it and take care that nothing falls into it or it will be polluted i will come every evening to see if thou hast obeyed my order the boy placed himself by the margin of the well and often saw a golden fish or a golden snake show itself therein and took care that nothing fell in "'As he was thus sitting, his finger hurt him so violently "'that he involuntarily put it in the water. "'He drew it quickly out again, but saw that it was quite gilded, "'and whatsoever pains he took to wash the gold off again, "'all was to no purpose. "'In the evening, Iron John came back, "'looked at the boy, and said, "'What has happened to the well?' "'Nothing,' he answered, and held his finger behind his back, "'that the man might not see it. "'But he said,' thou hast dipped thy finger into the water this time it may pass but take care that dost now again let anything go in by daybreak the boy was already sitting by the well and watching it his finger hurt him again and he passed it over his head and then unhappily a hair fell down into the well he took it quickly out but it was already quite gilded. iron john came and already knew what had happened thou hast let a hair fall into the well he said i will allow thee to watch it once more but if this happens for the third time then the well is polluted and thou canst no longer remain with me on the third day the boy sat by the well and did not stir his finger however much it hurt him but the time was long to him and he looked at the reflection of his face on the surface of the water and as he still bent down more and more while he was doing so and trying to look straight into the eyes, his long hair fell down from his shoulders into the water. He raised himself up quickly, but the whole of the hair of his head was already golden and shone like the sun. You may imagine how terrified the poor boy was. He took his pocket handkerchief and tied it round his head in order that the man might not see it. When he came, he already knew everything and said, Take the handkerchief off then the golden hair streamed forth and let the boy excuse himself as he might it was of no use thou hast not stood the trial and canst not stay here no longer go forth into the world there thou wilt learn what poverty is but as thou hast not a bad heart and as i mean well by thee there is one thing i will grant thee if thou fallest into any difficulty come to the forest and cry iron john and then i will come and help thee my power is great greater than thou thinkest and i have gold and silver in abundance then the king's son left the forest and walked by beaten and unbeaten paths ever onwards until at length he reached a great city there he looked for work but could find none and he had learnt nothing by which he could help himself at length he went to the palace and asked if they would take him in The people about court did not at all know what use they could make of him but they liked him and told him to stay at length the cook took him into his service and said he might carry wood and water and rake the cinders together once when it so happened that no one else was at hand the cook ordered him to carry the food to the royal table but as he did not like to let his golden hair be seen he kept his little cap on such a thing as that had never yet come under the king's notice and he said when thou comest to the royal table thou must take thy hat off he answered ah lord i cannot i have a bad sore place on my head then the king had the cook called before him and scolded him and asked how he could take such as a boy as that into his service and that he was to turn him off at once the cook however had pity on him and exchanged him for the gardener's boy and now the boy had to plant and water the garden and hoe and dig and bear the wind and bad weather once in summer he was working alone in the garden the day was so warm he took his little cap off that the air might cool him as the sun shone on his hair it glittered and flashed so that the rays fell into the bedroom of the king's daughter and up she sprang to see what that could be then she saw the boy and cried to him boy bring me a wreath of flowers he put his cap on with all haste "'and gathered wild field-flowers, and bound them together. "'When he was ascending the stairs with them, "'the gardener met him, and said, "'How canst thou take the king's daughter a garland of such common flowers? "'Go quickly, and get another, "'and seek out the prettiest and the rarest.' "'Oh, no,' replied the boy, "'the wild ones have more scent, and will please her better.' "'When he got into the room, the king's daughter said, "'Take thy cap off. "'It is not seemly to keep it on in my presence.' "'He said again,' I may not. I have a sore head. She, however, caught at his cap and pulled it off, and then his golden hair rolled down his shoulders, and it was splendid to behold. He wanted to run out, but she held him by the arm and gave him a handful of ducats. With those he departed, but he cared nothing for the gold pieces. He took them to the gardener and said, I present them to thy children. They can play with them. THE FOLLOWING DAY THE KING'S DAUGHTER AGAIN CALLED TO HIM THAT HE WAS TO BRING HER A WREATH OF FIELD FLOWERS, AND WHEN HE WENT IN WITH IT, SHE INSTANTLY SNATCHED AT HIS CAP AND WANTED TO TAKE IT AWAY FROM HIM, BUT HE HELD IT FAST WITH BOTH HANDS. SHE AGAIN GAVE HIM A HANDFUL OF DUCATS, BUT HE WOULD NOT KEEP THEM, AND GAVE THEM TO THE GARDENER FOR PLAYTHINGS FOR HIS CHILDREN. ON THE THIRD DAY THINGS WENT JUST THE SAME. SHE COULD NOT GET HIS CAP AWAY FROM HIM, AND HE WOULD NOT HAVE HER MONEY. Not long afterwards, the country was overrun by war. The king gathered together his people, and did not know whether or not he could offer any opposition to the enemy, who was superior in strength, and had a mighty army. Then said the gardener's boy, I am grown up, and will go to the wars also. Only give me a horse. The others laughed, and said, Seek one for thyself, when we are gone. We will leave one behind us in the stable for thee. When they had gone forth, he went into the stable and got the horse out. It was lame of one foot and limped hobbledy jig, hobbledy jig. Nevertheless, he mounted it and rode away to the dark forest. When he came to the outskirts, he called, Iron John! three times so loudly that it echoed through the trees. Thereupon the wild man appeared immediately and said, What dost thou desire? I want a strong steed, for I am going to the wars that thou shalt have and still more than thou asks for then the wild man went back into the forest and it was not long before a stable-boy came out of it who led a horse that snorted with its nostrils and could hardly be restrained and behind them followed a great troop of soldiers entirely equipped in iron and their swords flashed in the sun the youth made over his three-legged horse to the stable-boy mounted the other and rode at the head of the soldiers when he got near the battlefield a great part of the king's men had already fallen and little was wanting to make the rest give way then the youth galloped thither with his iron soldiers broke like a hurricane over the enemy and beat down all who opposed him they began to fly but the youth pursued and never stopped until there was not a single man left instead however of returning to the king he conducted his troop by byways back to the forest and called forth iron john what dost thou desire asked the wild man take back thy horse and thy troops and give me my three-legged horse again all that he asked was done and soon he was riding on his three-legged horse when the king returned to his palace his daughter went to meet him and wished him joy of his victory i am not the one who carried away the victory said he but a stranger knight who came to my assistance with his soldiers The daughter wanted to hear who the strange knight was but the king did not know and said he followed the enemy and i did not see him again she inquired of the gardener where his boy was but he smiled and said he has just come home on his three-legged horse and the others have been mocking him crying here comes our hobbledy jig back again they asked too under what hedge hast thou been sleeping all the time he however said i did the best of all and it would have gone badly without me and then he was still more ridiculed. The king said to his daughter, I will proclaim a great feast that shall last for three days, and thou shalt throw a golden apple. Perhaps the unknown will come to it. When the feast was announced, the youth went out to the forest and called Iron John. What dost thou desire? asked he. That I may catch the king's daughter's golden apple. It is as safe as if thou hast it already, said Iron John thou shalt likewise have a suit of red armor for the occasion and ride on a spirited chestnut horse when the day came the youth galloped to the spot took his place amongst the knights and was recognized by no one the king's daughter came forward and threw a golden apple to the knights but none of them caught it but he as soon as he had it he galloped away on the second day iron john equipped him as a white knight and gave him a white horse again he was the only one who caught the apple and he did not linger an instant but galloped off with it the king grew angry and said that is not allowed he must appear before me and tell his name he gave the order that if the knight who caught the apple should go away again they should pursue him and if he would not come back willingly they were to cut him down and stab him on the third day he received from iron john a suit of black armor and a black horse and again he caught the apple but when he was riding off with it the king's attendants pursued him and one of them got so near him that he wounded the youth's leg with the point of his sword the youth nevertheless escaped from them but his horse leapt so violently that the helmet fell from the youth's head and they could see he had golden hair they rode back and announced this to the king the following day the king's daughter asked the gardener about his boy he is at work in the garden the queer creature has been at the festival too he only came home yesterday evening he has likewise shown my children three golden apples which he has won the king had him summoned into his presence and he came and again had his little cap on his head but the king's daughter went up to him and took it off and his golden hair fell down over his shoulders and he was so handsome that all were amazed art thou the knight who came every day to the festival always in different colours "'and who caught the three golden apples?' asked the king. "'Yes,' answered he, "'and here the apples are.' "'And he took them out of his pocket "'and returned them to the king. "'If you desire further proof, "'you may see the wound which your people gave me "'when they followed me, "'but I am likewise the knight who helped you "'to your victory over your enemies. "'If thou canst perform such deeds as that, "'thou art no gardener's boy. "'Tell me, who is thy father?' My father is a mighty king, and gold I have in plenty as great as I require. I well see, said the king, that I owe thanks to thee. Can I do anything to please thee? Yes, answered he, that indeed you can. Give me your daughter to wife. The maiden laughed and said, He does not much stand on ceremony, but I have already seen by his golden hair that he was no gardener's boy. And then she went and kissed him. His father and mother came to the wedding and were in great delight, for they had given up all hope of ever seeing their dear son again. And as they were sitting at the marriage feast, the music suddenly stopped, the doors opened, and a stately king came in with a great retinue. He went up to the youth, embraced him, and said, I am Iron John, and was by enchantment a wild man, but thou hast set me free, and all the treasures which I possess shall be thy property. End of story 136.